Hello, welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you build stronger relationships, deepen your faith, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the program. Let's jump right in with our topic today. We will be talking about bucket lists. And by now, 2020, just about everybody knows what that means. But you might be surprised to learn that it is a fairly recent term. Now, to be clear, the idea of kicking the bucket as a representation of dying, that's very old. That goes back to the late 1700s. So that's something that's been used for a very long time. But it was only about 15 years ago, around 2005, that a man named Justin Zackham wrote a screenplay for a movie called The Bucket List. He first apparently coined this idea of listing some things that you would like to accomplish, creating some purpose in your life toward things you want to do before you kick the bucket. The movie was released in 2007. It starred two older men, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, as they enter that last stage of their life and they just want to make sure they get some things done before they go. I like talking about this. You know, it's really a conversation about death, but most of those conversations aren't enjoyable. It is important to look at the scripture and be reminded that death is an inevitability for everyone, that most of us do not know in any capacity when that will happen, and that time between now and then is precious, and we have to keep working for the Lord and building and striving for something. That's all very important. But talking about passing and dying isn't exactly an encouraging topic, so I really favor this positive approach to death. It says, okay, we know that's coming, The question is, what do you want to do between now and then? Where are some places you would love to go? What are some things you're interested in learning or becoming? All of that is really important. And having things like that in your life keeps you getting out of bed in the morning with a purpose-filled life, which ultimately usually leads to a longer one. So I did some Google research on bucket lists, and I found copious amounts of answers the top 200 things, or the top 50 places to visit, all of that. For the most part, I disregarded it. I mean, look, you don't need a bucket list with 100 things on it. If you follow this program, you know that we subscribe to the seize the day mentality. If you just get up every day and try to get better, you try to embrace new opportunities, grow in who you are, take joy in the living, and try to do at least one spiritual highlight thing each day for which you would be happy to be remembered for, and chances are you're going to knock out most of that list anyway. So instead, I put the focus of my research into audacious goals, really large and significant things that most people will never accomplish that are very popularly placed on bucket lists. All of the things mentioned tended to fall into one of two categories. First of all, there was a lot of going places. This idea that between now and when I die, I would like to visit every continent. 
or travel through every state in the United States, or go backpacking in Europe for a month, or go live in a wilderness for two weeks, or climb Mount Rainier. A lot of things that, to their credit, you pretty much can't just do tomorrow. It would have taken planning, discipline, and saving, and the experience would have been pretty phenomenal and amazing, and there would have been lots of stories to tell afterwards and pictures to share. So I can see the allure of that. The other category is of much more interest to me, and I think you will see today more interest to you as well. And that was the accomplishing of things. Learning and doing things that seem to be very important, that would take time and discipline to learn, would be difficult to accomplish, and might actually leave a mark after they're gone. Things like becoming a published author, or starting a company, running a marathon, being listed on a patent, learning another language or how to use a musical instrument. I like those even better. Travel is great, of course. But these things actually change who you are and how you influence others. And some of them really stand a chance of changing the lives of others and leaving a lasting imprint. So that's our focus for the next 15 minutes or so, but I want to really refine this down and challenge you to something very specific. What if you were asked to choose one bucket item? Here's the way it worked. Whatever your age now, whatever your experience, no matter how long you have left to live, someone handed you a three by five note card and there were three words written at the top, One bucket item. And you were asked to cut through all of the audacious goals, all of the travel possibilities, languages you could learn, or books you could write, and you were asked to write down just one thing, the single most important thing that is not within your grasp today. You have not yet seen it, done it, or learned it. But this one thing, if you could accomplish it, would truly be evidence that you lived a full and wonderful life, a true high point between now and death. You know, I have to say, I attend and even speak at a great number of funerals, and I hear at every one, they lived a full life. Well, there's usually some evidence for that. Sometimes there isn't. But for you, this one thing would serve as the beginning of that conversation. Now, here's what would be interesting about this. After you were done writing down your one bucket item, you hand it to a family member, they don't look at it, and they put it in an envelope and seal it and put it away. Nobody reads it for the rest of your life until your funeral. At your service, Someone from your family stands up and says, I would like to talk about the one thing above all of the other things that this loved one of mine sought to accomplish. And then with everyone waiting, they would slowly open the envelope and pull out the card and read what you wrote even years before, that thing that you strived for, sacrificed for, and sought to do before you were gone. Well, listen, before we get into what I have written down, 
I mean, I cannot advise something to you that I have not already done. Before we get into that, let me just say, I think this parameter in terms of one thing read at your funeral ought to eliminate a lot of potential things. For instance, if you would write down climb Mount Rainier or go backpacking across Europe, I think you should strongly reconsider not just what you would write down, but why God has put you here at all. I certainly hope that at the end of my life, when my children or grandchildren are reading my one main bucket item, they don't tell some blip on the radar story about how I saved up money for six months and Summer and I went to the Grand Canyon and stayed the night on the floor of it or something. I mean, that would be neat, but it's missing all of the crucial elements of a true purpose event. Now, I want to tell you what those three crucial elements are before you maybe officially choose your one item. And this, by the way, is why I heavily favored the audacious bucket list goals that had more to do with becoming something or building something. Let me run you through the list. Three things. Number one, if it was going to be the central number one goal for the rest of my life, It would need to be something that I don't have at this exact moment, that's why it's on the list, but that is going to take a lot of commitment. It's going to take sacrifice of other things. It's going to take patience, and the longer it took to develop, the harder it was to accomplish, the more important it would be. You think about things like having a book published and the kind of work that would go into that. You think about learning another language, or to push that further, maybe I write down, be a missionary in a foreign country. Think about the amount of work that would go into that. I would have to learn another language and another culture, and set aside time and money and get help and put a team together. If it doesn't take real time and effort and patience to accomplish, I don't think it can qualify as the one bucket item that you want people talking about after you're gone. Certainly, this has to remind you about the spiritual goal of the Apostle Paul. He had two main goals in his life, get to heaven and save people all along the way. He strived for both of those things. He said, I'm pressing forward in Philippians chapter 3. I have not yet accomplished what I seek to accomplish in growth and evangelism and strength. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm going to be reaching forward to that all the way to the end. That's the kind of thing I want written down on that card. Something that will require effort and maybe even a striving all the way through to the end of my life. So that's the first thing. Here's a second thing that I'm using as a criteria for one bucket item. Once it is accomplished... The moment that it is truly coming together and happening, the pinnacle of the journey to marking this thing off needs to glorify God. I told you, I've been to a lot of funerals where family members and preachers talk about the great accomplishments of the person we're there to remember. And I'm sitting out there listening. Sometimes I'm even up there reading the notes thinking, Where is God in all of this? Our entire purpose is to be created in the image of God to accomplish the work that he has for us to do. 
I preached a sermon a week or two ago at home about the Sabbath rest. While we're here, we're working for God. And then when we leave, we have our rest. Some people's big bucket list item is they got to retire on the beach for the last 10 years of their lives. So what? How did God get glorified in that? So my second criteria is this. When this thing happens, where I ultimately go somewhere for a period of time or write something or do something, the most important thing that ought to come out of that is glory to the God who made me. So that eliminates a lot of things, doesn't it? It would be truly sad for my son to open up that card at my funeral and read something that dad wrote down 40 years ago that was the one thing that was non-negotiable and it not in any way relate to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I ain't going out like that. All right, so let's talk about the third and final criteria, for me at least, for something to go on this list. Once it has been accomplished, and in the years to follow, I want it to have a lasting influence on the people that I love. I want to set an example, and I mentioned a couple of things earlier that could qualify. Some missionary journey work, some books that were authored, or something that even after I'm gone, they can follow in those footsteps, or they can read that material, and in some way, the glorification toward God that came out of the accomplishment of the event in itself can continue to glorify God by the emulation of the people that I love even after I'm gone. Well, I don't know about you, but this is starting to narrow the field quite a bit. So I want you to try this today. Write down one thing between now and death that you have not yet accomplished, but you know it's going to take purpose, sacrifice, and direction. When you accomplish it, it will glorify God, and it has the potential to help other people glorify God for maybe even generations to come. Okay, so two last things I want to do. The first one is, I would like to tell you mine. No, I haven't sealed it in an envelope and given it to my family, but I have articulated it to them clearly. Three words, raise faithful kids. That's it. There's nothing else on the list. Sure, I want to continue to be a Christian and continue to grow in what I'm now doing, but as of now, I have an 18-year-old Christian daughter, a 16-year-old Christian son, and an 8-year-old son and 6-year-old daughter. I want to see all four grow up faithful to God. I want to see them all become and remain Christians, and I want to see them raise Christian families. And listen carefully. I'm willing to make some big changes to help that happen. I've already begun to make changes in my schedule, to boldly change directions on things, to put in the work, the sacrifice, the cost. There's no cost too high to help my children know and love God. No, that's not a plug for a private Christian college. It's just a general word of truth. This is the thing that matters most to me that I have not yet seen with my eyes. So that's going to take real transformation for me, patience in the long term, and it will be worth it. Lord willing, this will happen, 
and when it does, it will glorify God. To see two Christians raise four more Christians who start families of their own is the glorification of the will of God. Going back to the Old Testament, when God chose people like Abraham, he did so because he believed that he would teach his children and his grandchildren, that he would raise up generations of faith. In Deuteronomy, when the people entered the land, the need to teach the truth to children and to remind them of God frequently was paramount. And if my children are faithful to God, it will be to his glorification and it will be something that will last. I can think of nothing else in my legacy, in the funeral presentation once I'm gone, of any more significance in the world than the fact that I devoted my life to doing everything my feeble, fallible brain and body knew how to do to give them the best chance to carry on a legacy of faith. And I'll tell you this, I've already thought it through. If we get to a point where the natural course runs and I die and my children are still alive, and one or more of them is not faithfully serving the Lord Jesus Christ, I want them to know with abundant clarity that it's the only thing I wanted in the whole world. After I had become a Christian and sought to serve God, It was the one thing I didn't have in the early stages that I wanted in the end to see my children in heaven. And if one of them is unfaithful, it would be the one thing I would tell them, by the way, if I was there reading the card for myself. So look, I'm not trying to sway you on that, and I think our episode just took a turn towards parenting, but I didn't mean it to. I just meant that establishing this clarity of the one thing above all of the other things has meant a lot to me and my family, and it will play an enormous role on what happens in our future. And just one final thought, that second thing I wanted to share with you, the more I think about this, the more I realize I may be able to use it every day. It may not just be about one bucket item at the end, one major accomplishment. I've been thinking a lot about the daily spiritual highlights and the time I spend and what I spend it on. Can I pursue more things that take real effort, that will glorify God, and that ultimately could help others even afterwards? I think the answer is yes. And I'm ready to start thinking a little bit more about that in daytide increments. I hope you will think about that too, even through the rest of this day. But whether you're ready to zoom in on that or not, be sure and do this. Consider the direction you have chosen for the rest of your life and somewhere make a note of your one bucket item. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.